Welcome to another Azure Centric weekly news uh, podcast. Uh, it's New Year's, or for us, it's it's really literally New Year. Uh, we are recording, as you know, before we launch these on on the on the channels on the, either YouTube and the podcast channels, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, and Apple. And I apologize for starting with the lamest uh, plug. Uh, <laughs> but we like to start this podcast a little bit different uh, all the time. So not to be like mechanical the same way. So well, that's true. We're, we're fully unscripted. Completely. That's Absolutely. <laughs> as you probably already understand that. Uh, so welcome to another episode. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit different from the others uh, but uh, and the reason why is uh, we are on holidays as as you know and it's not only us apparently all the other Azure or the majority of that is on holidays we still have some updates because Azure doesn't stop even on holidays uh, but we have only a, f a handful less than a handful of updates and we decided to do something that I think and they and someone give an idea that is really cool, uh, that is a kind of ret retrospective of what we think the evolution of Azure uh, uh, from 2020 and what we saw on the field that is different. But let me start to the podcast as usual to thank you because we are humble, uh, me and Andrew, to just with the, the, the spread of the podcast uh, and we want to thank you in this case because you are one of the responsible for that. We are building this and we are recording and we're doing all of this content uh, for you. So we do appreciate uh, that you um, like us in this case. If you don't like, just leave a comment below or just give thumbs down. We are trying always to please everyone i know that is really difficult but uh we are doing this from our heart so it's literally from from us uh, from our blood to you in this case so we do appreciate if you subscribe if you like comment uh, give tapes um of what you want to see um, and everything else uh, i know that the channel has been growing i've been receiving from different ways um some feedback and and andrew uh, apparently as receiving as well so that's good we like to engage with the community um and andrew this is related to the last week of december podcast but it's the first podcast of 2021 so happy new year my friend uh i foresee <laughs> a great year for azure and for and for us um and i hope that we can surpass all the bad things that happened on 2020 uh, right i think we're in good position now um you know in no small part to all of the effort from the microsoft development team yeah so i think uh you know 2020 had of course lots of unique challenges and all kinds of uh what do we say interesting things happen yes <laughs> right but uh you know, one of the, the cool things, and, uh, you know, I've talked about this a couple of times, and I, I know you have as well. We've, you, we've talked about it uh, before, 
but uh, Azure and 365 and the whole like the whole Microsoft landscape has really shown how fully scalable they are. Um, yeah. One of the things I thought was really cool was you know they didn't really blink. Um, everybody all of a sudden, you know, nine months ago now said, hey, we uh, the whole world has to work from home. And of course, every business, every school, every government office, every doctor's office, dentist, everything worldwide said, oh boy, now we have to support everybody remotely. We were kind of ready for it, but only five of our you know, 6,000 employees actually had remote access fully. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things. It and is. Microsoft said, hey, you know what? We've got your back. We've got you. And man, did they ever, there was a lot of rapid development, rapid deployment, things they had, you know, further back in their development pipeline that they pushed ahead. So a lot of people behind the scenes that, uh, you know, yeah. we don't think of when we think of, you know, we think a lot of thanking frontline workers and, you know, everybody keeping everything sanitized and clean. Uh, that's not a small job uh, in our modern world now, but. Uh, you know, when I think about it, I think about all of the people that have pushed all these things through and kept them stable. That's the trick as an administrator behind the scenes, right? Yeah. If we don't know you exist, then you're doing a really good job. So a big kudos, uh, you know, going out to all the behind the scenes, uh, you know, Azure 365 and, of course, other private companies, uh, admins and developers that have kept everything running seamlessly. Yeah. Well done. Uh, very easy. We don't even know you exist, so you're doing a great job. <laughs> exactly. And and I want to extend, I know this is the Azure-centric <laughs> channel and the Azure-centric that we talk about, Azure mainly centric, right? But it's more, uh, um, I see this as a more cloud, um, although we we almost do 100% of Azure here, uh, but I, I, I want to extrapolate this a little bit more before we starting to go on on the on the updates is yes this this pandemic changed the world or changed the landscape or change um not the landscape uh in certain parts it did change the landscape uh because we saw that when if you review the beginning of 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 the of the year like the first trimester something like that we saw that mm -hmm. with shutdowns of the factories worldwide the planet got cleaner and that was very cool to see right although we we had the frontliners that are the healthcare workers that i i have a tremendous respect from what they are doing because they were really the front line but all of this pandemic and probably i'm a, a little bit uh, egocentric if you want to call it this way because we are it but given it or give to IT industry a totally different of set of eyes that they didn't have before. And that's not only on Azure, it's other 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 players. I will call it, for example, Zoom. They have a, a, a massive grow on Zoom. Uh, all the things I was talking to my wife this morning, for example, just to see that how the world changed. So we had the massive problem with toilet paper that we never thought that we had at the beginning of the year and then was toilet paper it was for example um uh, the towel paper towel paper there as well 
And then mm-hmm. if you want to buy, we decided to buy something to do to, to entertain our kids that was a trampoline out of stock. You could not find anything. And now it's it's consoles, it's video cards, and it's all of those things that they are directly related uh, to our ourselves, but they expose us on a different way. Because all of these way that you're doing the work right uh, it's it's changing working remotely yeah we i uh, uh, we were lucky enough to add so much uh, so much work because there were companies like you said they were that they had before or they had on their roadmap that they were doing some kind of um how i can say some kind of road mapping of Oh, let, let's build our remote uh, position, but they have their offices and they have everything. With all of this pandemic, everyone needs to work remotely. And instead of completely stop, that I think was really good, they push art on IT. So I had months that uh, I, I was working from home, but I barely can see my, my, my family because I was deep on my, on my dungeon here at my office, mm-hmm. just working late hours uh, to just have VDI solutions. So all the things that we saw and that to just go back to what you're talking about, that all of the Azure things, yes, we see this here and I don't want to be unfair, but we saw this year way more functionalities and way more features and one more updates and grow either on Office 365 and in this case, especially on Teams, I have to take my ad off to the yeah. Teams, to the Teams uh, uh, um, team, Teams team. Uh, I know this sounds a little bit redundant, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's the Teams team to develop, to make it what it is Teams right now. It's way more successful. It's way more stable with a lot of That's new good. features that I was not even thinking about it, like having the part and we see a lot of adoption like seeing the nba for example that is i think is one of the most successful let's call it covid sports adaptation if that is an award Mm -hmm. that we can give i think i can give to to nba because the way that they build that interaction with the public uh, and that is based by teams so you say wow look at uh, oh look what they did um, they stop like every single one for a few months, but look what they did. Soccer didn't have that. NFL didn't have that. The NHL, they didn't have that. It was only NBA from the major North American sports that that they have that. Because soccer, it's going to be very difficult to have exactly the same way. They build that on the on the uh, an arena with all of those screens all of those people going there and that is based on teams just to see the evolution that we we saw specific on teams uh, it's tremendous and happens with with uh, azure as well we saw a lot of services especially on the wvd side of it um oh yes and yeah. the way that uh, they manage vms and the way they manage all the workloads and the way they manage they facilitate the migration and they open basically the everything to just facilitate your migration 
or your cloud adoption, let's call it this way, to specific in this case to Azure. I know that AWS did the same, but in this case on Azure, that's what we're focused right now. I see a lot of those things uh, happening. And that's the part that I'm truly blessed to be um, not as important as the, as the, in this pandemic, as the healthcare, but I think IT grow tremendously on respect and on the need of today's world. Absolutely. I, and, uh, you know, I couldn't agree more with that uh, final statement because, uh, you know, the healthcare workers are really leading the charge. They're defending, but they're also now with the vaccines on the offensive, trying to, you know, crush it down and make it more manageable. But uh, IT is really powering everything behind exactly. the scenes for healthcare as well. And uh, that's what I'm, uh, I'm kind of singing the praises of is yeah. our behind the scenes folks. Um, definitely there's so many, uh, I mean, I could, I can't even begin to list because, uh, and believe me, I did try the other day to make a list Yeah. <laughs> and I keep, uh, every time I walk away, I make a coffee, I come back, I think of another five, uh, different kind of careers that should be added to the list. So we'd be here, uh, you know, for a week, just trying to rhyme off, uh, every career path that Absolutely. is actually supporting. Absolutely. So there's a lot of people there and you're right. The the innovation um, that's been out, and I, I did read uh, a statement um, maybe about two or three months ago that there's been three years of innovation in the last eight to nine months, <laughs> um, specifically in the Teams space. But I think that it's pretty darn close to that in all of the other spaces as well. Uh, there's a lot of new, um, just new features, new different subsystems going on in Azure. Um, but also better support of the existing ones, right? Yeah. So one of the things that stands out for me, you know, I do a lot of work around um, identity in Azure Active Directory and hybrids. And um, there's been so many innovations within that space, really uh, kind of bringing things together and making it more uh, manageable. I think they say, uh, I don't like the phrase, and I know you're not a big fan, but the single pane of glass. Yeah. And it is getting better. Um, I think they've rephrased it now. I think it's called like uh, in, uh, the single management plane. That's what they call it. It's the same thing. Whoever's coming up with these statements, just stop it. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the, the single area, the single blade to go into for Azure AD is really becoming much more of just a destination for uh, the identity and the security teams. And uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about that stuff in that space, yeah. but uh, maybe I should uh, take a deep breath for a minute. Um, did you want to cover the news yeah. or do we want I think, to- I think our, our Azure no, I, I, I totally, we, as usual, we deviate, we say we have to be on these realms, but we can't, it's, it's, it's beyond our strength. And, and this is a totally <laughs> different introduction of the podcast. <laughs> But it's good. Oh, right. I, I, I so think it's so good hard, because oh, we do, we did cover that. So let's let's go let's go back on track, and let's let's jump to the first one. And the first one is is those previews ones again. And we're starting the mm -hmm. the year saying that again. This is a preview. Means that you are not uh, supposed to do this in production. But uh, let's start the new year. 
uh, in this case with this message but public review on support for Azure Containers Registry across availability zones. Um, mm -hmm. In my opinion, this is something that we really need it uh, because yeah. availability zones, um, I did create uh, some content that's going to be released uh, after this podcast regarding this, regarding the difference of availability zones, availability sets, in this case for VMs, that applies on, on containers as well. And the viability zone, the viability sets, for example, it's the old way that you have availability, right? So the difference between availability sets and availability zones is availability sets you are saying, specific in this case for VMs, that it's 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 gonna be almost the same over here, that you are saying that you have not deploying the same VM on the same rack okay so they call it fault uh, domains uh, not they call it azure calls fault domains but they are nothing more than racks and that's the part that we need to understand so what we are saying is or at least the same host because we cannot when we create vms or when we create containers we cannot say that you are on a different host we don't have that power that is the ab abstraction layer that Azure gave to us. So that's managed by Microsoft. We are not managing where we are deploying this. Uh, so we might, if we don't set some availability, um, some configuration, we might land our VMs or containers either on the same host on the same rack. And that, and that can be dangerous because there are uh, some unplanned uh, unplanned or there are some reboots that needs to happen that might influence those right absolutely there's always those little uh, operational hiccups right so uh, you know sometimes and it's not uh, it's, it's not only a hiccups it's maintenance as well because absolutely. there are maintenance well, we they need failures, to right? yeah they need to reboot it and we need to understand that part of it because it's it's completely different what we uh, what we were doing uh let me just adjust something here because apparently something went wrong on our on my this is we should be live but it's not live but it's close to live that's okay yeah or your dev test environment, of course. Yep. So uh, one of the other things is zone redundancy can't be disabled in the region that you want to utilize this in because it is, of course, using zone redundancies as one of the underlying technologies. Um, one of the other things that uh, ACR tasks doesn't yet support availability zones. So just be aware of that if you were going to uh, be targeting that. 
And one of the things I was disappointed about, but uh, we can't have everything out of the gate and when it's in preview, is Azure CLI support uh, hasn't been uh, kind of partnered with this for the preview release. Yeah. Uh, now that said, it came out the week of Christmas and New Year's, so uh, I guess we can be maybe a bit softer than usual on this. And, that, and that's a very, and that's a very good, that's a very good because we can do another, the second uh, lame. Uh, um, in this case, uh, plug to just watch the next episode or the next after, just to see if we're going to talk about this uh, when they update, right? But again, oh, I'm sure it'll be within a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. What I was saying is availability zones is a new way that you can do this. You can do the availability because you are not set on the on the on the rack that is on one zone specifically. Now it is within the region. So means that you are way more protected from those those mm -hmm. tolerance. So when even you deploy this, you are deploying to across multiple zones. So means multiple data centers, all blind to multiple racks with different everything, different power source, different whatever it is, right? And that's the part that I like about this coming to containers, because again, like like you said. This is one of the biggest um, things that we're starting to see grow is the use of containers, Kubernetes, and and all of that moving forward, right? And I, I think exactly. I think that is really, really good, um, really good. Yeah, one of the other things I did like about this uh, preview release was uh, it's available in. Um, Azure Resource uh, Manager, right? So you can create a template and edit your JSON and create this and deploy it. So though you can't necessarily deploy the specific feature uh, CLI right now, you can uh, actually integrate it into a pre-existing template or a new template and then um, uh, uh, push it out through uh, ARM. And that's actually very helpful uh, because then uh, now you can kind of see how it's going to work with your existing automation solutions. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really good. And, um, you know, just to kind of think about uh, a little bit deeper about uh, zone redundancy, um, it, it is actually a really critical thing because uh, we don't want to have, uh, uh, you know, we, I used to rate my applications. So my business applications would have kind of a low, medium, high, or critical category assigned with them. And that dictated things like recoverability, uh, DR planning, um, all those things, how frequent backups are. So when you have a high or a critical, um, it means that you have to start adding redundancies. And that means using things like availability sets, scale sets, uh, zone uh, availability, um, even regions, right? So we want to assign things to different regions whenever it's appropriate. So without getting down kind of the whole architecture and design <laughs> road, which will certainly take us down a, a very long winding sidetrack here, but um, I just think I just think that you know it is really critical. So you, if you have a high or a critical uh, business application or system, then you know just kind of give it a bit of consideration and put put into your dev test Absolutely. environment a bit of a sample Absolutely. and see how it works. Exactly. Um, and and just try it out. Uh, that's what these preview ones are for, because it helps Microsoft too. It right? is. So they take our feedback and our logs. That's kind of the trade-off, right? So we get these cool new free features uh, within the preview scope, and quite often it's either a very low cost or no cost when it's preview, 
And we're also helping Microsoft to kind of iron out any bugs before it goes to general availability release. So um, it is actually important. And if we have some extra time, uh, you know, uh, in the coming weeks still, while things are spinning back up in the real world after holidays. Um, and I think of my world as outside the real world because I run in parallel a little bit. So we're, we're here recording our, uh, our, our Azure-centric uh, podcast together but everybody else is sipping a cup of hot cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's completely like that. And the part that I like about, about all of this is I, um, and because I work on a multi-cloud environment, uh, in this case, I have to say one thing that the message that, for example, AWS pass on, is the message that I impregnate in all. I was doing that before starting even working with AWS. That is, and you have exactly the same. And I think we passed this to you um, when we were working is uh, plan for failures. Okay. So plan for the worst and hope for the best. Um, and this is the message that I like in this case on AWS when we're doing this is you need to plan a solution to fail. Doesn't matter if it's if it's on AWS or on Azure. Uh, both clouds, they have that mindset when they are building their solutions to provide to the customers like me and you to work with. But the message that they are passing, yeah, right? it's a little bit different. Uh, now Microsoft is starting to do that and to just say that that's why they build uh, like we mentioned on, on, on the previous podcast, um, in this case, on the last week podcast, that the well-architecture well uh, well framework and the cloud adoption framework, uh, because they are planning for disaster. And, and all of this is like it, the misconception of having a service that is on Azure, it's available, uh, it's, it's, it's a wrong misconception. We still need to prevent that. Uh, we still need to not prevent that. Uh, let me rephrase. We still need to plan for failures, even if it's on Azure. And I think that is the most Absolutely. important part. And I think that this is often overlooked by uh, different organizations for whatever the reason. <clears throat> and I read a post on social media actually a couple days ago. Um, and I, I didn't talk to you about this one yet, so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but but uh, I, I read this post. It was an admin talking about, oh, you know, we have uh, we have an Azure uh, tenant and we have uh, on-premises and everything's hybrid, but we have very complex relationships. They had Express Route in play and uh, they didn't provide any Visio drawings or diagrams to kind of illustrate how they had things laid out, but he did describe, I assume it was a he, they described, um, that they had very complex firewall requirements and it was a lot of custom applications and data moving. Some had to stay on-prem, but some could be cloud stored. Um, and I, this is actually quite common, right? Like yes. people think that they have this unique situation, but they really don't. This is actually very common. Yes. And when, uh, when I replied to this person online, they came back and they said, oh, well, no, because I, I need to set up DR to another region for Azure. Do I have to set up my firewalling to allow DR to happen? And I kind of had to take a step back because I was like, well, duh, of course you do. But once I kind of got over myself, you know, not everybody thinks of that, right? So 
uh, when what you you get this big list, uh, and there is a Microsoft Docs article, and uh, I've talked about it a couple times in different podcasts and articles, but you need to use the Microsoft uh, URLs and IPs in your firewall for allowed communication. That will give you cross-region compatibility from your on-prem to Microsoft in different regions. Why is that important? Well, it just exactly what this person was asking in, in their question online about recoverability and failover yeah. for DR. So it'll allow that failover to happen to, you know, if you're in Canada East and you want to fail to US West too. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're failing to, it just matters it's a different region. It's a different, uh, different region, different data center. You have to have communication open between those different paths for it to work. Otherwise, the firewall does its job and says, no way. The other side of that is uh, if you don't have those things allowed and Microsoft 365, you're on a very important call with your boss or your boss's boss on Teams, all of a sudden, Microsoft has an issue. They'll just fail your service, like your call will switch live to a different region. So you could move from Canada East to Canada Central, for example. And if you don't have Canada Central allowed for the correct firewall rules and you're blocking inbound and outbound rules, well, your call is going to drop yeah. and you're going to have lots of trouble. Yeah. So all these Microsoft services are very well supported for disaster recovery and failover in a live sense. We may have a little hiccup. We might lose a connection and have to re-log in or something like that. But the service will recover very, very quickly. So Microsoft puts a lot of planning. I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough. A lot of planning and resources on availability. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, we just have to follow the best practices for configuration. So uh, go out, uh, use Bing, <laughs> search up. Uh, I always chuckle, but uh, yeah, use the Microsoft technology. It, it works well. Um, I, uh, as you know, I have a saying, Microsoft plays well with Microsoft. So if you follow the docs, you follow the guidance, um, you won't go wrong. You'll be very happy with the performance. You really, you really will. We're not, we're not getting a commission no. here. I want to say absolutely, <laughs> we are not going any royalties. I wish uh, because then I will probably be on different situation. Uh, we'll probably be shooting well, these on on Hawaii or base. or Bahamas or something like that. Right? No, we are in Calgary. And we, I love Calgary, by the way. I'm not saying anything wrong. I love the snow outside. Well, you know, but there's been there's been a lot of so I mean off Azure topic, but this is very timely. There's been a lot of controversy about um, you know right now we have health orders that say here in Alberta, uh, don't travel. You know, stay at home. Yeah. Only talk to like I think it's two friends you're allowed to actually talk to and have a coffee, but you still have to stay six feet apart. Uh, so you and I haven't been able to shake hands and hang out for a long time. And have time. Our, our beer because we are beer lovers. Um, we really are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the part that I, because drinking alone is, is depressing. But let, let's move on. We are already digressed from this. Let's move well, to I the next wanted, one. I just wanted to say that I think uh, uh, all these services have really helped yes, bridge the completely. gap. And uh, if it wasn't for being able to chat with you um, a lot online and uh, through technologies like Skype and Teams, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd just be drunk by myself. 
possibility. There is a huge possibility. Another another <laughs> good news uh, is the Azure automation. And we're starting to see this. This is the part that I love about this podcast is if you follow us um, and if you don't, if you are just reaching for the first time, please uh, subscribe the channel and, 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 and give a thumbs up or give any kind of feedback. Uh, thumbs up is preferable, as, as you can imagine. Comments, anything that you want to interact with us. Uh, but if you start, if you already, this is, I don't know, I think it's the 11th uh, podcast episode of this podcast, the weekly series. Um, and I don't know how many already that we are seeing the Azure automation growing region by region. Yeah, it's like every two weeks we see another region being added, something's, uh, you know, being extended, more features. So now... Uh, Germany, Germany, West, West Central. Central. Yeah. Yeah. Germany, West Central is now added as a region. And uh, now we can do uh, a little bit more um, automation with the orchestration layer, I think uh, we call that, right? So uh, we can use either Microsoft tools, but also third-party hybrid cloud yep. um, tools and environments are all kind of welcomed underneath Azure Automation. Um, much like Azure Arc, Azure Automation allows kind of the bridging between uh, the hybrid and then, of course, managing that hybrid, uh, you know, all those assets, I guess we would call them, uh, in between, right? So um, I always think of IoT and kind of adding everything together, and really the orchestration is what ties the management of everything together, right? Yes. Am I thinking of this one correctly, or do I need another call? No, 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 you are. You are literally... Thinking about, I'm just was time, uh, just going here on my on my uh, notes to see, yeah. So Azure Automation has been on the last four to five, four to five podcasts. So four to five weeks, constantly Azure Automation has been on updating and it's not because they are on holidays and that's the part that i see this this growing and that's the part that i was saying that i do love uh, doing this podcast because we see this grow it's like you have a baby and now it's not a baby anymore this is a huge ginormous giant uh, right uh, that is still growing and growing and growing and is starting to spread now is is germany west central it just blows my mind that part, like like you said, and and that's the part that I love about all of about this um, uh, on these weekly news. So moving on to the next one, uh, that is a public preview, um, is Azure Net App Files, application mm -hmm. consistent snapshot tool, or the AZAC Snap. Uh, it's announcing uh, on the public preview in this case. Uh, this is more a command line tool, okay? It is. To simplify yeah. your data protection um, on specifically SAP ANA um, in Linux environments, for example, either SUSE or, or Red Hat Enterprise. Uh, and that's, that's really cool just to see that a lot of those big names like SAP, that they, they, this one of the platforms 
is is Azure, and even the SAP Cloud is based on Azure. Uh, they are using all all of these enterprise level uh, file systems like NetApp that they need mm -hmm. to kind of uh, grow from the on prem to still going to the cloud. And this is a very good way that NetApp did it to extend their solutions from on-prem to the cloud with Azure NetApp files. Um, exactly. I did use a few so times and it's a great solution, by the way. It, it really is. So I'm a, I'm, I mean, I'm a, a bit of an old school SQL guy. And one of the things that really spoke to me in this uh, commandlet was the ability to clone storage volumes. Uh, so when when I think about uh, SAP HANA and uh, all the like cross-platform management, truly, um, I really loved that because what I used to do was I would clone volumes in SQL, and then you can apply different uh, different models, different changes, and you can do your testing. So you have you know. A, a full kind of, a, a, well, really a snapshot of what is essentially a live system. Yeah. And then you can see how your changes and your testing impact that data or the performance of a database, for example. So uh, I, I feel there's a lot of value in this and uh, it's still in preview. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that one, but uh, I think that this one has a lot of promise. This is really big. Um, so one of the there's some there's some other command line tools out yeah. there in PowerShell that I'm very fond of, as you know. <laughs> and uh, I think command line management of uh, all these things allows, of course, us yeah. for now for automation. And, right? and, and this is so, this is a good a good thing um, regarding what is uh, NetApp because uh, if you are familiar with NetApp and if you are a storage a storage uh, an expert you usually uh, work with a lot of command line. So you are usually uh, familiar with all of this. And this is the way that you can extend that. That's why uh, Azure NetApp file has been widely on enterprise level adopted because they extend that to Azure. And now with these new commandlets, like you said, it's really difficult to have all of that on Azure. And now with these AZAC snap, you can do the basic stuff that you can do it with the command line on-prem. For example, the uh, the cloning, like you said, the cloning of storage volumes, um, the data protection, the, cons the application consistent data protection, the database catalog management, the ad hoc volume protection, uh, and the support for disaster recovery. Now you can do this with the command line that is still in preview again. So um, use it, abuse it, but remember that this is, this is in preview. Uh, and we always like to do here is a little bit more, um, is about the give the feedback to Microsoft to help grow. Because if we work together, we make this when coming general avail available to every single one, a great tool. And that's, I think it's our Absolutely. responsibility as a professionals. Uh, to work with this, to work with Microsoft. I've been working on that since those better times or beta times long time ago. I remember on Windows Vista, for example, that I even got a plate. Oh, language, language. Marcus. Sorry, sorry. I know that, that, yeah, but it was. 
uh, I was working at that time in, in Brazil and I remember that at Microsoft I I tried to make it Vista better and I remember that I was in Brazil I did catalog like I was the seventh of in Brazil to cut a lot of bugs that they did on developer because of those the that involvement of the community and that was the first try because before that if you remember Microsoft didn't open to the community those early ones um, yeah. that's why you add in this case on XP the service pack one service pack two service pack three and they had this old mentality oh let's wait for service pack one to be released and then we can start to adopting the product uh, with Windows Vista that was a not very successful one it's when they starting to change the mindset and it they did take some some time for them to manage the mindset that's the part that I like about these previews and uh, that's why I, that's why I'm standing a little bit about this because it's like you said you mention every time talking about preview give feedback give feedback to everyone even if it's you don't like it say it why you don't like it uh, because it can make totally sense we got feedback on our podcast that they saying that um, one of us was bigger than the other so it was like something like that and I say and I did analyze it say okay it makes sense it's a good feedback um, and it's not like it I'm more important than Andrew or Andrew is more more beautiful than me it's not we are not on that that competition <laughs> but it's like this is a equal uh, uh, this is an equal opportunity for both of us we are growing together on, on this podcast and and, and help yeah, it's a cool thing it is so I, I like it as an opportunity to just kind of sit and chat. Completely. And, um, you know, I think if anybody uh, in the big wide world listening has uh, kind of worked with us before, uh, you'll know I'm really not a whole lot of a social guy. Um, so, you know, going on camera and online is kind of uh, outside my comfort zone uh, in a traditional sense. Uh, but it is kind of the newer, uh, new world way, <laughs> I guess you could yeah. say. So, uh, you know, we're adapting, right? And that's one of the things is, is, you know, as we adapt and we grow and we learn new skills and we get better at it. And, um, you know, just like our little podcast here on Azure Centric, we listen to all the feedback, but so does Microsoft Completely. on, a, you know, even a bigger, way big scale, yeah. right? So there's uh, community managers and things like that at Microsoft that their job is to really live inside the scope of the feedback from the community and work with them. So if you have uh, something that really, you know, grinds your gears about uh, Windows Vista or uh, in, this case, <laughs> in this case, the AZ AC snap uh, commandlet, um, then, uh, you know, provide that feedback through the preview process. And somebody actually does read it. They listen, yes. 100% listen. And you can affect change uh, through your feedback. So if something you find out like, wow, this really doesn't work in my setup. It uh, really just was very bad. So two things. One, uh, Microsoft absolutely listens and will work with you to help correct those things. Uh, I think in many cases, I'm not going to make a promise that I have nothing to do with, but uh, I am going to say they, they really do read. Um, 
the the second thing I should point out is uh, this is a preview feature, and uh, if it does really mess something up in your environment, that is why we stress so heavily yeah. about using dev test or just not production. Exactly. Right? So um, we have to remember that because they can't test for everything, right? So it's like. Uh, I know it's a bone of contention, uh, and they changed the quality control methodology in, uh, I think, 2019. But um, I know with Windows Update, they really do test quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, you just can't test for every scenario Absolutely. worldwide. There's no way. Um, you know, the, the trick is responsiveness, getting security patches, updates, new features, uh, and, you know, patches behind the scenes for these features. Uh, deployed as quickly as possible. And that, my friend, is part of the evolution of 2020. Absolutely. Right? So we've seen this uh, rapid deployment kind of model, I guess, really put to the test, very stress test, yeah. uh, tested, <laughs> sorry, for uh, 2020. And uh, kind of, I think that's where we started talking in our introduction today yeah. <laughs> was, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about um, all of the different things that have been applied through this rapid deployment model. And there's just so many. Um, I guess I should say maybe for our listeners as well, um, we have kind of hit the end of our news. We had a limited number of items because of holidays and everybody's uh, you know, spending time with their loved ones at home and all of those things and thinking about uh, you know, uh, like, uh, what am I saying? I'm trying to think of the, the grass skirts <laughs> and the, the flower lays and uh, maybe a pina colada, perhaps. Uh, winter time in uh, Canada here, folks. So we're trying to think of warm things here. Sorry. <laughs> that said, um, you know, the rapid deployment model has really been a huge benefit. And uh, I did want to circle back to when I was talking about Azure Active Directory. So there's been this big push this year I saw to kind of tie in a lot of um, identity and security management features um, and really bring them into the, uh, the Azure AD Blade um, in the Azure portal, but also to integrate those features together and just make identity more, ma uh, more manageable. So it's become more granular uh, especially on the guest mm -hmm. account side of things. So we can now, uh, in the last year, they've made, I think, maybe five or six major improvements um, so that we can do uh, different granular things. Uh, one of my favorites was the MFA uh, forced for guest account authentication. So if we send it out to, you know, bobjones at gmail.com to come into our tenant to do something, uh, we can force Bob Jones at that email address to do an email-based uh, key authentication, right? Like one of those OTCs, the one-time codes. And it's a small step, but it, val it validates that somebody actually has Absolutely. access to that account, Absolutely. right? And it's every time we add a little incremental step of improvement, uh, it's the sum of the parts, right? It is. So if, if we add one little thing, and it's just like these Azure features that we talk about every week, and we get to see. So, you know, we were talking about the Azure automation, and it's interesting to watch it grow exactly. over time. So you were saying four or five episodes in a row now we've had Azure automation announcements. Um, 
it's really cool to watch these features grow and kind of spread out across the different regions and get more things added to them as they go. It's really cool from our perspective. So, uh, you know, it, it's very, uh, very much a gift um, that we get to kind of review all those things. Absolutely. Right? And this year, especially 2020, not this year, the last year, right? 2020, we see a tremendous growth on the on the infrastructure level, right? With mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the more uh, on the fixtures or more on the on the stabilization of the platform, okay. At least on my point of view, if I if I if I permit to do a recap of 2020, and let's let's spend a few minutes on that. I think it's a good segue to end this podcast um, to do a kind of repack, a, a, a recap of 2020. I see a lot of things that they were kind of missing, uh, knitting missing on, on the infrastructure to consolidate their growth. And because I foresee this as, as the base level, as the foundation for what's going to happen on 2021. Uh, those deeds were really necessary like the the part of making more reliable like this azure uh, for example azure availability zones uh, the way that you can do it all of that uh, doing disaster recovery like you mentioned because of uh, firewall rules inside of the same zone you don't need to other zone because or other region uh, now you can do it for example on the same region and that I think is crucial when they announced that, for example, on Ignite a few months back, uh, I think it's crucial for all of those things because now that Azure and the cloud is being heavily used, switching from region to region, it will always go because it will always follow the latency. And there are, because of all of the remote uh, access that we need to do it, everyone remote, uh, 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 work remotely uh, and depending on the geographic location of the company that we are talking about and their employees, right? You switching from region, if anything happens, it might implicate on their productivity. And, and I see that as if we can resume in 30 seconds, something like that, the 2020, I see on Azure part of it, um, these biggest uh, uh, announcements or these biggest evolution and, and updates on the infrastructure side. And the reason why is I foresee probably that we still see those, but on 2021, now that we have a, a very good foundation on the infrastructure, they will more focus on the part that they want, that they want to still grow, that is more on application side of it. They of course that they will still grow, for example, all the things that they need to do it, but they already have a very solid base that is the infrastructure side of it. And I'm I was really pleased to see that because it was really a push this year with the, all of this pandemic, like we covered at the beginning of the podcast. Uh on mm -hmm. the infrastructure side of it with migration, uh, I had I had customers that they need to deploy in uh, 1200, for example, VDIs, instead of a six months project, it was crashing four weeks. 
and th- and oh, yes. that is the part that that we need the infrastructure to be in place the applications yes as well but we we i don't know if you saw that we but we stop seeing a lot of the re-architecting of the application for a period of time like let's say the first semester three quarters of the year um i don't want to be too much uh, or too exaggerated but at least the first semester we starting to see a lot of those um app, uh, uh, all of those infrastructure changes like using uh, the adoption of wvd uh, the adoption of vdi the adoption of try to replace what is the the, the workspace that they were working into a, this remote uh, uh, remote desktop or remote uh, workspace that they were working on um, and, and that's mm-hmm. not only on Azure in the entire plat entire IT industry at the end of this I started to see a change that okay everyone already accomplished that so now let's starting to enhance a little bit more what we have or try to uh, mitigate what is the rush that we need because I see a lot of customers just saying you know what we want the basic we want just the user to be able to work uh, we will address that later on and try to completely change the roadmap so it was a lot of change for our industry um, and I'm in certain way and I apologize if you guys don't get me this or you get the wrong what I'm saying but I'm really happy in in of course in a good way that this pandemic did come because it did change our vision it did change our way to work it didn't change our way to uh, relationship with other persons like I know that for example you are not a much of a, a hugger person uh, or a physical contact person but man that's the part that I miss the most. We speak so, a lot of times over the phone, like you mentioned, and, and Skype and yeah. everything else. But being in contact, shaking your hand, giving a tap on your shoulder, uh, having a beer, uh, having those kind of things that we yeah. had last year that we were not allowed to do this year, it's the part that I miss the most. So I'm, I'm going to speak to two things that you've said. Um, one, uh, I want to just emphasize, uh, I don't think that you're glad the pandemic hit. I think what you're uh, yes. saying is we're pulling a silver lining Completely. from this. So we're looking at the positive things yeah. that have come out of this. Um, you know, in life, you know, you and I talk lots offline about, um, different challenges and everybody it, it's interesting right because you don't always see the different challenges that people go through their little daily battles Absolutely. that they have uh, the struggles their home life uh, you know finances physical barriers all these different things that everybody and I mean everybody has these in their own private life uh, and it's just that it's private but uh, you know they bring them uh, with them online, they bring them into the office when they come into the office and you can see it, right? So you could see me and say, Andrew, you know, you look kind of frustrated today. Let's go grab a coffee. And you know what? That's perfect. I just need to kind of break away from this and reset my brain a bit. 
and you know let's talk about flowers and trees or something and let's reset usually it's not back. what we talk about it's either going outside <laughs> beers and and a little bit of oh, outside of technology we don't talk about flowers this Come is on. true this is true <laughs> Uh, well, we do talk about different um, hiking technologies as well, because even though we love to go hiking, and uh, as you know, I'm a big country, uh, backcountry lover. I love going uh, out very deep in the bush, but uh, it's all, all about what technology makes that a little easier. Um, you know, shave two ounces off of the weight of a sleeping bag. How do you do that? Is it still warm enough? All these things, right? All this technology that comes into play. Uh, even with outdoor activities for, uh, I guess, us nerds, <laughs> is uh, kind of what we tend to talk about. But uh, like you were saying, it's the tap on the back. And uh, you're right, I'm not much of a hugger. Uh, but, you know, I do uh, relish the very odd hug here and there. And uh, I miss that because uh, as awesome as Skype and Teams and all these technologies are, can't quite uh, do the whole ET thing and reach out and touch someone, yeah. right? So uh, it just doesn't work that way. That's not how things... No. <laughs> well, not today anyways, I guess. But um, I think that as 2021 uh, is now here, I guess, really, um, what we have to do is find ways to close the rest of these little gaps, right? So... Um, you know, maybe maybe it means that we have a, a few more months or six months or something of still some different physical restrictions. We have to give everybody time to get the vaccine, make sure it works. And I'm kind of waiting to see and make sure it works the way that we think it's going yeah, to work. Uh, that's uh, what I hope so. I don't know. I'll keep my personal opinions quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So we reach we reach our end of our podcast. It was a little bit different from the other ones. Um, so we will resume our normal podcast uh, uh, next week. But we like to just expand. We didn't have uh, too much to uh, to update regarding Azure, but I think it was a very nice conversation this week about uh, a lot of topics. Uh, not much on updates, but a lot of how Azure involved during last the the last year. In this case on 2020, uh, our personal mind and Andrew's opinion of the field of Azure involved and how, how we see this uh, going. And again, once again, um, uh, just subscribe to the channel, help us out. Uh, if you like this kind of content, giving a thumbs up. If you don't like, give thumbs down, uh, but give some kind of feedback so we know to, to know and to know that you are there. Uh, we're starting Absolutely. to see a lot Azure of... centrics on Twitter. Send a message, send yeah. a DM. Uh, Marcos will field uh, all the comments. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're going to get like three. <laughs> That's okay. No worries about that. We want to... We are st still going on this. This is, as you see, starting to be our um, kind of relief of our end of the week kind of way to just ending the week and starting a new week and see you uh, on the next episode. And by the way, happy new year, guys. Happy new year, Andrew. Happy new year, everybody. And thanks again for uh, enjoying and listening to our podcast.